Oh, yeah, Let me works. tell you something about Ryan Clark. That's He's perfect. bougie. Yep. Yeah, bougie. You are. This is what you do? You get wrong people? No. You know how you act. You know how you act. This is what you do. You know how you act. Yeah. Hey, bro, every time somebody come on our show, this dude buddy up with him, they start talking shit to me. That's what he do. Yeah, that's what he do. He, yeah, he funny acting, though. He a chameleon. He high yeah. class. Yeah. Who would love Louisiana mud rat? What is <laughs> Hey, DC. I love him. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> I love him. That's what he want to be. Oh, my God. Is he the laughing at me or crying? He stayed crying. Hey, come on, man. You the Don't most, do that. You Don't the most do that. I do cry a lot. Crying I fighter cry a lot. I have I ever seen. Man. Godly. I start crying immediately. Yeah, what is wrong with you? This I don't know. Why you crying? Why Bro, you, you know what's crazy? So much? You know what's crazy? I've noticed since I've gotten older, I be crying. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, man, you know. What you crying about? I was watching Independence Day the other day. <laughs> this dude, Christ. Will Smith, Will Smith was about to go fight the aliens. You know how the president get up there and he starts giving this heartfelt speech to get everybody ready to you go. You're not crying, I'm dog. in that bitch crying on my sofa, dog. I'm like, what is going on, man? I've seen this movie 20 times, dog. I'm actually crying on my couch, bro. I'm like America. Perimenopausal. That's, That's in, what that is? That's in women. I don't know. I don't think Come on, man. Don't sound me menopause, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, bro. Yeah. Crazy, you bro. emotional? You in your 40s? I don't know what's what going you're on. you so emotional for? Bro, I was bro. like, I was like, I don't know how many times I done watched this movie. You know, like, when a movie director makes a movie, they put in scenes to, like, get somebody. They targeted my ass. <laughs> <laughs> that shit works. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cow, pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On a mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cow, pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. Lafayette, Louisiana, <laughs> and you cry. Bro, I don't know what happened to me. It's not, but like, don't don't confuse Lafayette with like the other parts that are actually tough. Like boy, Lafayette, boy. Lafayette is truly part boy, of Louisiana, boy. right? Like New Orleans, words, ain't it? New, no, I'm not fighting. No, it's not fighting words. <laughs> start that. Hey, not today, please. Yeah, don't not grab, today. RC, don't grab him. Hey, not today. <laughs> and remember when we were talking about we had to jump Mike and Mike? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we had to yeah. jump him too, though. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We we, we, we wrestle. That's the worst part. <laughs> That's crazy. Hey man, DC man, welcome to the pivot. Obviously, Chan, Freddie T, we've been sitting there talking already. Shout out to our sponsors. Uh, happy that. Hey, listen, subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Make sure y'all like too, man. Run them numbers up. Also, too, man, the Mike Tyson, it got shadow banned because Mike was doing some stuff. Channing was looking at his meat. <laughs> y'all go look that one up too, man, after y'all watch this. Shoot, I mean, newly. 2022 UFC Hall of Famer, Daniel Cormier. How's it feel, bro? Good, man. Exciting, you know? I was, I was, uh, I, I, I said in my speech, you know, like, I'm a kid that likes sports my whole life, so when I got into the Hall of Fame, it was like my career was wrapping up. You can look at it two ways, right? You start going into too many Hall of Fames, it means you're getting old. Yeah. Right? Your days are past you. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's, it's a big honor for me. We were talking about being from Louisiana. Louisiana is football, dog. Yeah, like, that's, yeah. that's all we all want to do. And mm -hmm. you a kid, a black kid yeah. in Lafayette, Louisiana, that picks up wrestling. What, what well, made you start wrestling, bro? So I live right by the high school. And I would be in the, in the, in the front of the school that had the grass. We kicking footballs. We playing footballs. We would get our pads from the little junior team. We tackled each other. I wanted to play football my whole life. But then I always loved WCW, bro. Like, I love Sting, Ric Flair. I hated Ric Flair at the time, but, like, I love him now. I don't know what he's doing. But, like, the coach brought me in there to wrestle. I thought I was going to do some WCW. They was like, nah, man, top and bottom. Like, get on your hands, get on your knees. And I was like, what is this shit? Sound like some Channing stuff. Sound like some Channing shit, right? <laughs> so I start wrestling, but I, I, I fall in love with it. I was like, man, this is, I don't have to re rely on anybody else, right? So, like, then I get to high school. And I'm in a school with 98% black kids. And you know everybody think they're going to the NFL. Yeah. So everybody's a superstar. Nobody want to carry the load, though. It's like, dude, get on the state all-state team honorable mention, but he's the greatest player ever. I'm like, bro, but we're losing. Right. But if I go to the wrestling mat, I'm overseas wrestling for a world championship. Mm. So as a 15-year-old kid, I made a world team and got to represent the United States, right? So 15-year-old kid from Lafayette, never been on an airplane, Never been, I mean, we drove to Houston. That was about as far as I ever went. 
They tell me I make a world team. I got to go to Budapest, Hungary. Don't know what it is. Never heard of it. And the uh, first time I got on an airplane, I went to overseas and won a world medal. But then come back to football, and we 2-8. and eight. And I'm like, <laughs> how, how do you choose this? What right. age was that? 15? I was 15 years old, man. Being a wrestler, a real, not WCW. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that, that's that barbaric wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Being that, did you see the, the difference in the, the color barrier? Were yeah, you, oh, were yeah. you the, one of the oh, only yeah. ones out there? Hey, bro, I was one of the only black dudes. But And also, so wrestling was a sport that, especially in Louisiana, the best kids were the private school kids. Mm. So they kind of had money. Yeah. My mom bought me a pair of shoes from Academy Sports. Fortunately, they only had purple shoes. So <laughs> I'm in there with some purple shoes like Barney. They made fun of me. They was messing with me the whole time. But I was the best one. Mm -hmm. So when I start winning and winning and winning, that's how I got their respect. And then I did some stuff that nobody did because Louisiana has no wrestling. Like you said, yeah. we're good in baseball, we're good in basketball, we're good in football. Yeah. There was no wrestling. So I was the only guy that when we would take 20, 30 kids around the country, I would be the only one that was like placing, winning national championships and all that other stuff. So that's how I got their respect. You go to high school, right? You wrestle in high school. You end up going to JUCO. Yep. When you end up going to JUCO, right? Because like you said, everybody think they going to the league. Yep. And from a football perspective, Going to a JUCO, it's like, ah, shh. It know, might be over. Right, the, gonna, the, the odds of ever being anything. You ain't going to make it. Yeah, you ain't going to make it's it. Hard. The odds of ever being anything is rough. What was that experience like for you as you're trying to get, you know, eventually you get to Oklahoma State? You know what the problem was? is like all those kids that I went to Hungry with, they all were ranked top two, three kids in the country. And guess who was right alongside of me? But I was from Lafayette. So instead of worrying about them grades, I was chasing girls. I was wanting to hang out. I was doing all the things that we all did as high school kids. And when it came time to go to school, I didn't have the grades. So I had to go to junior college. So I chose to go to Kobe, Kansas. They had 4,000 people in the whole city, bro. Damn. They had 1,000 kids in that school. So I was sitting there like, what else am I going to do out here but train? Mm -hmm. And that's when I kind of started to like realize like what I needed to do. I've always been a very like motivated guy. But once I got to, to Kobe and I was like, man... Hey, you can only like. Who, who am I chasing? You know what I'm saying? I I went from like I went from I went from, I went from my school from like Louisiana with those beautiful women to like a place where it's like a whole bunch of just like white girls. And I was like, what is this, man? Do you think that allowed you to really focus on your craft more? Yeah, it did. It did because I was not as distracted, bro. Like when you're in a school like that, in, in Lafayette, my school is called Northside High School. Kids from my school. Like, other, all the other high schools, they'd come to our school for the girls. Everybody had a girlfriend, but they were always came to Northside because all the pretty black girls went. Mm -hmm. And you know when you grow up in a place like us where it's all black people? You, I mean, I don't think I saw a white person until I was, like, seven years old. In real life. <laughs> I swear to God. Listen, no, shut up, no. man. Hey, listen hey, to me. Listen, you know, you didn't listen. see a white you person. Saw a listen white to person. me. Listen to me. The first white person I met in my life, in real life, like, in my area, like, consistently was Crystal and Floyd Thomas. I still remember their name. They were mixed. That was the first <laughs> time. Hey, I swear hey. to God. <laughs> what was the boy name that gave you the skateboard and tried to get your booty, champ? I'm trying to tell y'all, man. He swear somebody was trying to, try, trying to take advantage of me. <laughs> bro, I'm my telling man, you, bro. Like I didn't, Because my mom worked for some white people, but we never went with her to work. It was at school. So the first time I was ever, like, in an extended period of time with a white person, I was in second grade, and it was Crystal and Floyd. I'm telling you, it was always just us. We stayed, like, in a little area in Lafayette. Like, we would go to school, we would go to church. And if we weren't at school at church, it was at our family house all the time. And we all stayed on one street. Like, we had four family members on one street, a small little street, too. It was, like, the size of a football field. I'm telling you, man, I was in, I was like, you know, black people, man. I was never black people, man. That shit's crazy, huh? My mama, my mama, I should have never said that shit, man. No, 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 no. Being, being how you grew up, and then now you having kids, and now, you know what I'm saying, doing what you're doing, what's the advantages and disadvantages of well, how you grew up? There's a lot of advantages, right? Because you, when you see, like, how hard people work to, like, make a way for you, it's like, it's just motivating, man, seeing my father, like, do work for the city of Lafayette. So he would get up, and he would go to work 8 to 5. Then when he would get off, he would take a shot, like, take a bath, because he always took a bath, and then he would go wash dishes at a pizza parlor. 
40 bucks every day he would wash dishes. So I was watching him just grind and I would see my mama like doing like house cleaning and stuff. Like I just saw how hard they work because they really didn't want to take government assistance. We needed it, but they didn't want to take it. Like they wanted to like make their own way. And that's kind of, I really did stand stand out with You're talking to the wrong person about taking a bath. He, this guy, he doesn't DC, take baths. I don't bathe that often. A bath? Yeah, I don't wash that often. You don't take a shower? I don't I don't think you really need to wash that much. Like, <laughs> what you mean? wash every day. Huh? I think you, man. Two you don't times, take a shower every day? Two times a week. Oh. Three <laughs> times a night. Hey, listen. Bro. Real talk. You lying. No, I don't really do what all You spent your whole life in football pads. Yeah, and after like I I can rinse, I can I can wrench I call it wrench off I wrench <laughs> off, but all that washing and sitting down and putting soap on and you can stand and, up in the shower. But you all take a shit, shower. Take a shower. Yeah. I think taking a bath is kind of nasty. It's the funny thing is the hot spots. Only thing that stinks. If you think about it, have you ever had your forearms stink? No, your underarms. Yeah, no, I'm stink. Your crotch, your booty. Yeah, it stink. Your feet. Yeah. So you just hit a hot spot. And I get in the shower and not a drop of water will touch my calves or my forearm. Wait, <laughs> what? I wash my underarms. I wash my, my crotch. What are my you ass, talking about, I man? wash my face, my underarms, my crotch, my ass, my feet. Them all only things that stink. I've never, I've never heard somebody be like, your back smells nasty. Your back does crazy, smell man. nasty. Look, Chad, th this is the thing, right, with him. Disclaimer. <laughs> This is your first yeah. time on the show, man. <laughs> He's on like two hours of sleep. He just came in late last night. You never know what you're gonna get with Chad. I mean, he might fall asleep now, <laughs> or or he might ask you some shit like, DC, you ever put a, a dude in a sleeper and your dick got hard? Like, that's Channing. So be careful, bro. And he's on fumes right now. He's barely making it. He's and I crazy. want you, just because you can wrestle and shit, yeah. don't get no ideas. Because y'all box me out. Ain't no RC, DC, and CC. We're not having that. Yeah. This, is the, this is the pivot. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to always pivot. But no, uh, truthfully, man, um, we just walked in here with your child, with your son. Yep. DC. Yep. Yeah, DC little Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. All right, and you have a you have a daughter. I have a daughter. I have two daughters. And a new baby. Yep. Yep. Eighteen month yep. COVID baby. Yes. When you think of your children, your emotional big ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How does it make you feel, man? <laughs> Along with you know your newly uh, induction into the Hall of Fame and just putting all that into perspective. It's the best, right? Like being able to provide a life for them that we didn't have is 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 great. But while also trying to, also trying to impart into them, the some of the lessons that I had to live by in order to get to where I am, mm -hmm. because I think that's like the balance we have to find as as guys that have made money mm -hmm. is making sure that our kids understand that everything not easy. That's all, that's and it's hard too because you want to give them everything. Habib was on me the other day about that. Like little Daniel got a chain. He got a real nice chain, and he was like, why you give this guy gold? He goes, don't make this guy a small fish for a big fish. Because there's a kid out there that don't have what Dan has. And when he doesn't have that, he's working harder, right? So it's like finding that balance to make sure that that dude is, is not too spoiled. My kids aren't too spoiled, but I, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm soft, man. I be crying, loving on them and shit, hugging them. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but these, I see, I see the scars on your hands. Yep. I see the scars on your forearms. Like you, you, you go through. Yeah, y'all, you went through it to make a better life for the kids, for your yeah, family. Absolutely. How, how is? I don't understand how UFC makes money. Yeah. Is it just fights? Is it endorsements? Like you, you good for life? You I'm set? good. So for me, it's like I make money in different ways, right? I do TV with Ryan. I do TV on, like last night. Like I do good, and plus. Yeah. Bro, I'm telling you, man, like back in 2015, I fought John Jones for the first time. And we had this great build. And I was making $80,000 to show up and $80,000 to win. I lost. So I left that arena thinking, man, all that. And I made $80,000. And I made like 80 grand in sponsorship on that night, back when we could wear those patches on our shorts. Yeah. So I was like, man, for all that, I'm going to make 150 grand. It's crazy. Dana calls me two days later. Hey, man, y'all killed it. Numbers were out of the, out of this world. He goes, we're gonna send you a million dollars. Swear to God, he goes, we're gonna send you a million dollars. 2015. Yeah. Dude sent me a million dollar check next day just because he said I did a great job. And then it was Lorenzo Fertitta at the time, right? Was the owner. Lorenzo liked his champions making a million dollars. 
So even if your fight purse was 350 and you sold another 300 in pay-per-views, Lorenzo will give you extra 400 grand to make sure that you make a million dollars every time you step in there. So I just was making money doing that, and then sponsorships, man. Look, yeah. let me tell you something. Yeah. I didn't meet many white people early in my life, but white people <laughs> like me, though. <laughs> white people like me, son. Maybe I didn't meet them early in life, but they like me. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So they just keep giving me stuff. I just keep getting stuff. Yeah, but the, the young, has it changed? The, the pay structure of it. I really don't understand that the, the mixed martial arts, so, UFC and all that, the pay structure of it. Are these dudes, that the names we know, Izzy. are they really getting money? Izzy. Seven million, I think, is what Izzy is making now. Wow. Between five and seven. Habib made probably 10. Connor makes 20 base, 15, 20 base. And this is just a walk into the ring. When you walk into the ring, you get paid. And guess when you get paid? In the locker room, right? In the locker room. You walk back, and they give you a check, three, four million, five million. Whatever it is, like, they give it to you in the back. I wish the NFL was like that. I would love my check <laughs> when I walk money, back in the locker hey, But DC, when, you know, you, you, you hear so much about... It's not everybody, though. Right, about to say about the UFC. It's not everybody. Right, like, we've been on the show, and people are saying, you know, I'm so glad I got this. Dana, can I get this? Can I get this bonus? Because I got to pay my rent. And so, and so you get that kind of push and pull of people saying that you should be advocating for fighters to get paid mm -hmm. more. And then when Dana was on the show, he said it, you know, nah, like if you make if you make money, if you become that elite fighter, we want to pay you. Yeah. From a from your standpoint as a guy who did get that million dollar check and now does work for the company, does work for ESPN, how do you try to find that balance of being like, nah, I'm a I'm a I'm a support these the guys, but fighter. I also know you can get money too. So for me, it's like you become a partner in the business once you become a champion, because now, Channing, to your point, like, it's not just the fight purse that you see. A lot of times, in those fight purses, you don't see the real numbers either. Like, you'll see 500 grand, when in reality, it could be four times that, five times that. But Dana has this, has this thought, and it's the absolute truth. When you first got paid, how many new family members did you get? Shit. I mean, how many new family members did you get? For sure. Hey, it's part so, of it. What up, cuz? Right? Hey, right. cuz. Cuz, I got this business idea. Who's your dad? Exactly. Hey, cousins. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So they try to protect the athlete a little bit by not showing exactly what you make. But in Louisiana, they see 500000 they think you're rich. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's like, so a lot of it's hidden, but then you also make money on the pay-per-view side. So if you become a guy like Connor, like Jones, mm -hmm. like Izzy, you start selling pay-per-views, man, you get $2 a buy, $3 a buy, $4 a buy, and then that money starts to really go. Man, you mentioned Connor, though. They're talking about Connor fighting Floyd again. And yeah. apparently, Floyd and the, the, the contract talk, this is what I'm hearing from the side. It's going to be a ton of money. Do you think Connor doing the things that he did and stepping outside and fighting Floyd was that good for the fight business? I know what you're doing. You pull this shit every week, dog. You pull this shit every week, dog. I'm asking you a you, question. So you want me? You know what he want? You want me to like uplift Conor McGregor some more? Like that's all he want me to do. Well, every week he bring up Conor McGregor because that's his favorite fighter. And then you want me to say something positive? You love positive. Conor. He love Conor, dog. For what? He's <laughs> really good, man. He's no, funny. he's not good. He's, he's really good. No, he's good at making money. He's not good at fighting. He's the man good was at fighting, he, bro. Chan, he's, he's good at fighting. He, I mean, the dude, he's a double champion, Chan. He can fight, fight. Now, you got like me, you doing, you got him me like, doing what Ryan want me to do. I just going to say, you, you <laughs> respect Conor McGregor pivot, pivot, like that? Pivot, that? You say that only because you're the only other double champion? No, no, I think he's there's a good ones. fighter. There's other ones? Well, there's, 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 there's four of us there's now. There's four, okay. Me, Conor, Henry Cejudo, and Amanda Nunes. But Conor's good. But good now, he's not, now he's not the guy that he was a couple years ago, right? He's been struggling. Was him stepping out? Yeah, it was massive. If you stand alongside Floyd Mayweather, do you remember those press conferences? Mm -hmm. It was an absolute circus the entire time. And more people paid attention to what Conor does outside of his time there with Floyd. So when you see Dana up there, right, Dana was smart, right? Dana's like, I'm going to be at every one because when you see Conor, you see the UFC. Mm -hmm. And then dude made $100 million, I think. Yep. Something crazy. And I'm pretty sure the UFC got some of that money too. Yeah, and right? I and I think and I, like I guess that's the 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 point of it, DC. Like watching you transition, right? I think when you look at football, 
my transition has become a normal transition. Like you see yeah. guys who play football, they're able to move into a second career, uh, which Freddie always calls it, and, and do well for themselves. I think you have, have done it in a way that, that that's different mm -hmm. from, from other fighters, and you're starting to lead that as far as fighters. But now we see everybody has a YouTube channel. Everybody has a show where people are following. Has it become more about the brand in your world than actually winning fight? Like, we talked about fame before accomplishments. Yeah, yeah, and we yeah. talked about Sugar Sean. Yep, has, yep, has yep. it become more about that? Because people understand, you know what? It's, it's quick, right? I get touched on the chin one time. It changes so, my whole life. You know, the crazy thing is, like, like like you said, you know, let's not mistake fame for success. Because successful in the octagon is different than being a famous person or a person that's recognizable. What we ultimately do is we fight. We fight, and all that other stuff is fleeting. That legacy is what's going to stay and, and stand the test of time. So it's like you got to really make sure that you are trying to establish that, that when you're gone, everybody still remembers the things that you did. Now, with that being said, athletes are smarter today, and I think you have to be. They find different ways of earning revenue because not everybody makes seven figures like champions. You can make money on YouTube. You can earn, especially if you got a following. Sean O'Malley is a good fighter, very, very good, and has a ton of potential. But his following now allows for him to make a life outside of fighting that he probably makes more money than he does even when he steps into the octagon. I think athletes are smarter. And now that I've started to do a YouTube, I think to myself, I should have did this when I was the champion. Because if I was showing training footage, people just always wanted to see me and Velasquez and those guys spar. Right. And we just never really gave him that. DC, you talking about like 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 the, like the business side of it and all that, and that's crazy, but like fighting a man, walking yeah. in, and that's the part. It's funny because that's the part of football. It's that you got to cover somebody. You got to run against Ray Lewis. You have one dude in front of you. You got to whoop. Mm -hmm. Was there ever a time? In your career, I know you're not undefeated. You I'm not. Got, you done got your ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> DC, I, 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 go. Wikipedia. Hey, hey, hey Wikipedia is long as too. Yeah, yeah, your Wikipedia off the chain. It's long as So, have you ever, because I can't think about fighting one on one, because when we lose a game in football, we can always mm. point the, the finger. one playing good. Mm -hmm. We held it down. But you and another man, has anybody ever touched you during the fight and you were like, oh, shit? Bruh, I'm telling you. First off, let me just say this. You say Ryan got to try to cover somebody? I beat this boy off the line, man. This boy let me beat him off the line. You can At get ESPN, him. I beat this boy off the line. He tried to get his hand on me. I asked, he didn't even touch it. Bro, I hit him with that little shuffle step. Yeah, yeah. Ah! Yeah. No, it was a fat. Chain, His hands come down. Chain, he touched nothing. He hit that elbow. You got to hit that elbow. Chain, he took 27 <laughs> steps. Uh, when was this? I hit him, I hit him in New like, York. This was in I November got, last year. Bro. He, I hit this boy. This ball old, man. Fred, same spot. Hey, I hit this boy. I saw it on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? I saw it on YouTube. He was expecting you to run a fullback wheel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thought I, I told him, I said, just give me the fade, man. I'm going up over this wow. little dude, man. Boy, um, eight. I've actually gotten shorter as I've gotten fatter. Like, <laughs> swear to God. That's Look my next bit. question. Bro, like, even in the streets, bro, like, it's I, fast. Fought, I fought a bunch. Like, it's I fast. fought, I fought, I fought people. And it's been times where I'm fighting and I get bummed. Ooh. And yeah. I say, ooh. <laughs> yeah, you know. I was like, this dude's throwing. Like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not, like, I, if he hits my chin, it's curtain. <laughs> in your whole career, like, when you're in a fight, and a dude taps you, bum, and you be like, damn. <laughs> so for the first 15 fights, I was cruising. Like, nobody was really doing nothing to me. I was throwing people down. I was kicking them. I was knocking them all out. It was easy. Then when me and Jones fought, so Jones never, he don't hit hard. He doesn't punch hard, mm -hmm. but he kicks really hard. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> he kicks, like, really, really hard. <laughs> so, like, we were in the octagon, and we started to fight. And he punched me, I punched him. All of a sudden, both our nose bleeding. And you know, like when your nose start bleeding, your eyes start welling up a little bit. Both of us bloody nose like 10 seconds into the fight. I'm like, oh shit, about to be alone. Like I know, I'm like, okay, we're gonna beat this dude. Like we're about to fight this dude. And then he kicks me in the stomach. He got, he's, cause so he's standing southpaw. So when I'm conventional, he can kick me under my elbow. 
and he kicked me in the side so hard, man, I was like, damn. <laughs> and then I, so I backed it's up. Dur it's during the fight. In the fight, I was like, damn. So I backed up. I was like, okay, like, because I used my cardio as a weapon. I want to go so hard that you get tired, yeah. and then I could choke you. Yeah. Then I tried to, I was like, okay, so I start pressuring him, and then he kneed me in the stomach. That was the one that got me. <laughs> so he was like, he was tall, like 6'4". Yeah. So he like standing back there, and he just goes, pow, and I walk right into the knee. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> You fought long enough, you've all been there. Bro, I was like, shit. So then, but the first time I ever realized it was when I was fighting Anthony Johnson for the belt. We 20 seconds into the fight, and I kick his leg, and then I poke him in the eye. Like that was, I kind of was. That was an accident. Everybody tried to act like I poke people in the eye on purpose. But like, so I accidentally poke him in the eye. He walked back, and Anthony Johnson was big, bro, like yeah. a big, strong dude. He came back, he hit me, I flew all the way across the octagon. <laughs> I hit the ground on my stomach. I was like, holy shit, I'm on my stomach. <laughs> this is, I, I don't know. <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to be here. Like, <laughs> get up fast, get up fast. Yeah. I'm like, I know I ain't supposed to be here. He hit me, dog and I just fell flat on my stomach. I was like, damn. So I got him quick, and I grabbed him. Yeah. You know when shit go, you like get up real fast. Yeah. I hope nobody saw it. <laughs> we saw it. Everybody saw it. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you know it, man. You know it right away, man. That first jab, boom. It's like, whew. all right. It happened in wrestling. It used to happen to me in wrestling all the time. They're this dude I wrestled. If you know the foreigners, when they're home, they don't really shower. They like Channing a little bit, right? Okay. They kind of stink. Channing think his elbow don't stink, but if he wrestled, your elbow would stink. Channing, I swear to God, it stink. Would, your elbow stink. All man. you got is hot spots. I was wrestling this Belarusian dude. I beat him in Colorado Springs, but he in Colorado Springs, so we washing all his clothes. We making him take a shower. I beat him like five to one. We wrestle in Krasnoyarsk, Russia. The moment I grab him, I say, "Shit, he stink." <laughs> I'm about to lose. I was like, oh, he stink bad. His smell is really strong today. He beat me. To hey, DC, man. I was like, his boy smell really strong today. Hey, listening to <laughs> listening to that rivalry, man. It was cool to hear you to hear you bring up uh, John Jones. You know, you got mad at me recently because two of my top you a, five. You a secret John Jones fan? I'm not a. Listen, I'm not a secret John Jones fan. I am a John Jones That's fan. Horrible. But you're my friend. And so I'm trying to work my way through it, right? You like need I'm, to actually yeah, address yeah. that. I, I'm, I'm working on it, DC. <laughs> you know but do you really, do you really not like dude though, or was he, it theatrics? So he said something last night on Twitter. He was like, "I know y'all not gonna believe me." He goes, "But I have nothing against DC. Why would he? He the one that cheated, right? Mm -hmm. Like he was the one that was that was doing the wrong stuff, not me. So it's easy for him to say, "Oh, we passed that. Right. He cheated." He won the fights, and if you, I mean, bruh, the dude's so talented, he could have won the fights anyway. The first time we fought, 2015, that's seven years ago, I'm 36 years old. Dude was like 24. Young man, tall, got all the physical gifts. He beats me. He gets suspended for the first day. Next time, steroids, fail. Next time, steroids, fail. It's like, every time we fight and you get suspended, if we go through the interaction and you win the fight, that memory does not disappear, right? Right. Even though they say it's a no contest, like Channing said, we saw you lose, <laughs> but yeah. it is the truth, right? So all, and all he gets is time. John Jones even then was making probably $5 million. So John Jones in 2017 fights me in Anaheim, wins the fight, gets that and new champion, you know, from beating me. They find out he, get, he tests positive for steroids. They say, oh, man, he's suspended for 18 months. Now you get 18 months. Still got your money, right? You just, and you're still only 25 years old, 26 years old. I'm 30, I mean, 37, mm -hmm. 38 years old. And you, you know, you're 27. You get a year off. It's like, that's, it's horrible. But it's like, so it's easy for him to say that water under the bridge. But for me, it's like, man, you did some stuff to my career that never let me settle because now I don't know. It's like, I can know through the fights that, yeah, man, maybe this dude was just better than me. But I also know that if you're not doing the things that aren't 
boosting you, can you really work to the level that I'm working? Like, I always work so hard, right? And I'm, I'm old, man. Some days, when I was prepping for this dude, Fred, I'm actually crawling up my stairs to get to bed because my body's so beat down. I'm 38-year-old man, 27. If I fought him at 27, when you can just pop up out of bed, I'm like, shit, it's easy. Right. But I, I can't... I can't let it go. You just, you that, that's what I was going to ask. That still haunts you. It does. But, but in those losses, you know, we play football. Ours is Sunday to Sunday. Mm -hmm. You guys lose. You got, you know, take, you know, however long to get back to your next bout, your next match. You know, the mindset of, of losing a bout like that, right, having been a champion, what, what's your mindset like and how do you prepare to get back to, you know, that confident level of one, where you once were? And do you ever, do you think you will ever let this go? Like, you Fred, have to. I've seen some old fighters that really hated each other come together. I mean, we saw Tyson and Holyfield recently, which is the craziest thing ever. I don't know how they managed to get past it. But for me, when I would lose, if I lost to that dude, I would, I would just kind of go in, like, a depression. Like, I literally would just close the blinds and, like, almost mourn the loss. Like, I didn't want to, like, feel better. I think that's what fighters do today. Like, I don't know if y'all follow any fighters, but you watch their Instagram, they lose, they immediately run to the internet because they want all the people that support them to tell them, hey, champ, we're proud of you. You're going to be back. You're going to be back. Whereas I didn't want that. I wanted six to eight weeks of darkness. Shut that Instagram off, stay in my crib, and just think about the loss. Let it haunt me until I could actually get back to working to try to get better. That's why after I lost to Jones, I had the greatest year of my career where I won the light heavyweight title back, won the heavyweight championship, defended the heavyweight championship, because I sat for six weeks before I went on a vacation and found out he had tested positive for steroids. I just sat in my crib. Bob Cook, my manager, instead of me going in the airport to fly home, I made that man drive me home. Right. I was not going in front of nobody. I was embarrassed to lose in the way I did. Because, you know, he kicked me in the head and then he... But the dude is so talented. That's what I just don't get. Even in that finishing sequence, Fred, I watched it recently, and he kicks me. So I'm, like, doing the whole thing, right? Because if you get hit here, it kind of, like, messes with your whole equilibrium. And I'm, like, kind of, like, trying to get away from him. And opposed to him just running at me like this, he kicks my leg and spins me. Mm -hmm. You know when you're a kid and they spin you before you swing at the pinata? Yeah. How you're kind of like this? Yeah. Well, he spins me. When he spins me, now I'm already kind of buzzed. I'm, like, doing this, the world's spinning, I fall down. You fall down and your head's all out of control, there's nothing you can do. You can't grab. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's got all these great instincts for fighting, but he just cannot allow for himself to, to be as great as he is. That's the one thing about Israel Asanya that I said, he is becoming everything that everybody thought John Jones was going to be wow. in terms of growing out, of, like expanding the box of what a mixed martial arts fighter can be. Because Jones was going to be the man. If he stayed clean, he would have been the man because people loved him. All athletes loved him and loved what he did. DC, I, I got to ask you that, man. I, it's crazy because I, I watch the UFC. I've watched you fight a number of times. This whole you spin me around and this and now, now my equilibrium's off. Both sides of when you know a guy's down and you go and start beating the man in the head. Mm -hmm. Like, I done been in some fights, but once a dude falls down, like, y'all got to run over and start pounding this man's head. You've been on the mm -hmm. pounding side, mm -hmm. and your ass been laying down with a motherfucker <laughs> pounding you in the head. Like, that part of it could, like, what, what, is, what is that like on both sides when you can't defend yourself, uh -huh. you pounding a bitch in the head, or you getting your ass pounded? Well, the, the, the mind is like, the mind is telling you to move. Like, my body was telling me to move the whole time. I was like, I can feel myself, like, and you can watch it. Like, when he was, like, on me, I was, like, trying to push myself up to start fighting, but, like, it's just not working. And then the follow-up shots are the ones that get you. Yeah. But yeah. I'll tell you this, Chan. I have not gathered that information back since that night in Anaheim. From the finish of the fight till, I mean, shit, how long does it take for them to call somebody the new champion? You to walk back to the back and then get into the ambulance. I still have no recollection of any of that. I can't remember what I did. I saw a video the other day of me walking back to the, uh, the locker room and my coaches were hugging me. I, I was like, I don't even remember doing that. I thought somebody carried me back to the back. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought they carried me. I have no memory of that. It's part of the game. I don't know if y'all get, get hit. I don't know if y'all ever get hit so hard 
that you don't remember? It's like, I don't remember, I don't remember that it's whole part of, That's a concussion. It's part of it. That's part of it. But then in terms of punching somebody when they down, oh, that was the sweetest that, that, shit. Boy, that's the sweetest shit. When they fall, <laughs> when they fall... you know you got them? Oh, man, you jump on them. Now they fight. But, but think about it. Like, you know he's defenseless. Man, I got Stipe's ass. But you know he's defenseless. <laughs> hey, I know. Hey, I, when I, Stipe went down, I walk over the top then, of him. Da, da, ha, ha, ha. His head went boom, boom, boom. I was like, oh, he gone. <laughs> He gone. And that's just part of the game. We are some sick sons of bitches. <laughs> some of the shit that I think about, I'm like, man, I'm crazy. It's and bad. emotional. And emotional. But I'm crazy, dog. It's bad. Something just came back to me, man. Uh, I always try to pivot the conversation and try and go as deep as possible. And I'm sitting here looking over across the room, looking at your son, mm -hmm. thinking about, you know, uh, what... Uh, Khabib? What's his yeah, name? Khabib. I don't watch him. I, I'm getting more into it because of RC, uh, but I appreciate the sport, right? Uh, and what he said about your son, giving him certain things, this, that, the other, and uh, he's 11. You know, you talked about earlier, you didn't see your first white person until you were seven. Yeah. Also in that same, when you were seven, you lost your dad, your biological yeah, did, father, yeah. doing thing on Thanksgiving. Does yeah. Thanksgiving do anything to you? I see your pendant too, of your, um, your mom and your These are my parents, yeah. Right. These are, so this is, my, uh, this is my stepfather. He raised me, man. My dad, my biological dad, there, there's a lot, right? Because growing up in the, the time that I grew up in, I don't, I don't know if you guys all had your fathers in your lives uh, the whole time, but when I was growing up, like, a lot of black fathers were in and out of the house. They would go, they would come. When my biological dad left, he got remarried, started a new family. I have one memory of my, my biological father, just one. And it's the oddest memory that I, we were at a truck stop. I think he was a, a truck driver, and we were at a truck stop one day, and he was, like, cleaning his truck. But that's the only memory I have of my, my, my biological dad. But I do remember the day he passed away. I remember being at my aunt's house, and we were watching The Color Purple. And, and dude, we were black. I was as black. I'm a black, black family. Every holiday, we watched The Color Purple, man. Uh. And um, I just remember my mom getting a phone call and everybody just going absolutely crazy. Crazy. And I was I, I couldn't really understand what, what was going on. And I just remember like going to a funeral for my dad, but not really having that relationship and understanding of what losing my, my dad was. I think growing older, I then started to realize what a father was supposed to be in your life. And I understand that he wasn't that. That's why my, my dad, Percy Benoit, the one that's on my chest here, showed me what it is to be a father. And I think as, as a black man, it's so important because there was this idea that black men weren't in their children's lives for a long time. And I want to make sure that I, I set the right example so that my kid can do the same thing when he has children. But he got killed, man, murdered by his, his new father-in-law wow. on Thanksgiving Day. I've dealt with some shit in my life, man. I have had to go through so much from my dad, to my first kid, I lost my daughter back in 2003 in a car accident. Like, I've had to go through so much. But I always say, anything that you have to deal with, it was, like, put on your journey. Like, it, it's never clean. Like, we never have clean journeys. We got to go through so much. And it's, like, in those moments, like, that's where you figure out who you are. Like, that's why I am who I am today. Is that trophy on the table? If you don't go through as much as you did? I don't think so, if I'm being honest. I don't, I don't think I have, I don't think I have the money. I don't think I have the belts. I don't think I have that. I don't think I have none of that without all the adversity. Because I'm telling you, man, I have learned to like come on the opposite, come back on the outside of a bad thing much better. So from when I lost my, my daughter, like that same year, I made my first United States team. So I let it serve as motivation. When I lost my, my, my father, I came back and fought again to try to honor his name. You know, like, I just always have, have used those things to propel me on to the next. Because otherwise it cripples you, like, just injured. You. you know, we've been doing the show a year. Yeah. But, you know, I had to do show um, by myself when yeah. Miss, Miss Audrey passed. And to you know, be at the Hall of Fame speech. Yeah. And to uh, met, met your brother, and your brother actually came up to me. This is after he kind of like treated me 
Like, I was a little group. He's like, come here. He's so crazy. Hey, he's like, come here. I was like, hold on, man. You know, you, everybody got a brother like this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like hey, man. Crazy, man. I was like, hey, man, I'm coming. But you, you know, you know, he actually told me, he's like, man, I appreciated what you said about DC and about our family and about, you know, your mom. You know, you talked about all the things she taught you, everything she meant to you when you got an opportunity uh, to give your speech for the induction. When you think about her, and like you said, having to, you know, you're not having your biological father. Sometimes that's a heavy weight for a mother to carry. Then you have your stepfather. You think about all she did to get you here, man. What are those memories like for you? Oh, don't, don't try to make me cry, man. I ain't trying to cry for you. <laughs> I mean, Will Smith crazy, made you cry. <laughs> he did, he did. Um, man, she was the best. She was the best, man. Like when I think back to my mom, like and just the things that we went through and the, the strong woman that she was, it's not easy, man, like dealing with some of the shit that my pops put her through. Like, cause to start a new family doesn't mean that our situation, her situation wasn't done with him. I wasn't, it was just like one into the other. For her to come out on of the other side and, and be, she was crazy. When I was young, she was so crazy. But then by the time I started to understand who she was, she was into the church. She had refound herself and became just this sweet human being. She did it all, man. Like, I don't have nothing without her. My kids, she, every, every year she would come and stay at my crib for a, year, a month, spend time with my, 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 my children, my wife. She just, she was just the best. Like, I don't, I really can't even put in the words what my mom meant to me. Like, she just was the best. Like the absolute best, the most loving, caring. She always took it in people. Like we always had extra people in our house because she just couldn't close our doors to anybody. She would feed anyone. She just loved anybody, man. And if you knew her, you were better for it. She was the best. Her funeral had so many people there. And it just was like indicative of who she was to the community. She was the best, man. It's funny you say you can't put it into words. Somehow, I know with black parents, the heart, you say she was crazy. Yeah. And uh, my, I felt that way about my grandmother, but we always put it into action. Yeah. We find a way to put it into action, whether it's through our kids, you know, other people in the community, and just giving that back to anybody you come across. Yeah. To make sure they're better for it, man. Um, keep pushing, bro. That's what she was you know, doing, man. For sure. Keep. That's who she was, bro. She was, she took care of everybody, man. And I'm just happy that I was able to flip it right? I was able to flip my mom's life because, I mean, what's the percentage? What's the percentage of the people that go and clean the house to by the end of your life, you have somebody doing that for you? What's the percentage? Right. And that's, that's what I was able to do for. I was able to flip uh, life. And that's, that to me is like my greatest accomplishment. Everything else like is cool, but being able to do that for my parents was the best. And I think all of us on the same level, we talked about it, Freddie, RC, we've talked about it, where we're the first generation of success. Mm -hmm. And success brings financial stability. Yep. How do you not deal with it, but how do you try to make the kids, your sons here, make them understand and put that generational wealth more yeah. than just anything? Like, because we're all, we're, we're all for We're all learning. We're all learning, but yep. we're all the first generation of really having money. From our families. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you just, I think with, for them, though, because they were kind of born into it, it becomes a bit of an expectation. And you teach them how to make that expectation a reality, right? You tell them that, hey, this was not easy. You got to remember what I went through. You tell them the stories of their families and taking them back to see where their families live. Because the reality is, for no matter what we have, we aren't saving second cousin, first cousin, mm -hmm. third cousin. We're, we can't save everyone. Yeah. You got to take care of what's yours, right? Maybe your sister, maybe your brother. You help them, but you ain't helping all first cousins. So you take them back to where you're from, and they see what life really is. And you see how they manage in those situations. I think that's another thing I'm very proud of my children. My children have lived a life that I never could have imagined as a young boy. But when they are in Louisiana... They're in those houses that we grew up in. They can they can fit anywhere. Mm -hmm. They treat everybody equal. They're fair. They don't feel they don't act as if they're better. They just are, are 
well-rounded children that love people. And I think that will allow for mass success. But I think one of the other things that we can provide for our kids, and I don't know if you guys do this too, is making education important, right? I went to school to get babysat. <laughs> that really was <laughs> yeah. what they were doing. They were babysitting us. Right. They weren't teaching us nothing. Right. But like I, we, we look at what the curriculum for what my kids are doing now and what the other kids are doing is crazy. I bought a workbook for my kids to do in the summer. It's just like a sixth grade workbook. Dan's going to sixth grade. And I was like, you need help? He's like, no, we did this in fourth grade. Right. Because they're just like teaching them education at a different level. They're advancing them. And kids that do that and go to those schools like that, they, don't, they have a bit of a head start. So I think those are the things that we can do, and also teaching financial responsibility. When did you learn to write a check? I don't know. It's, I, I know it's college. obsolete now. I was in college. But when did you learn to write a check? My mom taught me in college. I had to pay my rent in college. Right, yeah. like probably in college. I yeah. might have a check in my wallet right now. But kids should be learn. Kids should be learning that earlier. You should be teaching kids at 14, 15 in high school, learning how to write a check, balance the checkbook, doing all those things that allows them to really track what they got. And we can do that now because we know it. Plus, Khan Academy is out there. I, I make my kids do 30 minutes a day yeah. in the summer. Sitting down, you want to get on the games or any devices, you got to give me 30 minutes on Khan yep. Academy or something like that. So smart. <laughs> ever, he got a check in his wallet. Look at him. <laughs> he got a check. He's, look, he just man, ain't cashing. He's so old school. I, I, I want frog skin. Don't give me no cryptocurrency. Don't give me no Shiba boo boo. <laughs> I want frog skins. I got checks in my wallet, bro. I used to always do that. I was like, give me a paper check. And they're like, DC, really? I was, they was like, can we check. please just direct deposit this? This no, man, he just Jack. downloaded the Uber app yesterday. Yeah. I just got Chandler. the Uber app. Just got yeah. TCA pre I got TCA pre-check. Ooh, you know what I mean? <laughs> run through that motherfucker boy like OJ. <laughs> Keep my shoes on. <laughs> bro, when the show started, though, those two are leaving. I think we were in Atlanta or something, and we were pushing they it. They get in line. And we were pushing it. He was like, man, I would be gone. I'd already be at my gate. He's like, but I'm waiting for I'm Chan. I'm waiting on Chan. Because Chan got to <laughs> go through the regular check-in security. <laughs> Make it. Sh at least shoes on. clear. And you know, his shoes, his feet ain't clean, right? So now he's taking off the whole feet. joint. Who's that? That's one, one of the hot spots. Yeah, you see you. That's feet, you know, like feet, crotch, booty, underarms. <laughs> we, don't, we don't get, you know, like I think when, when I looked at MMA, because the actual act of doing, do, doing your job that we see is so individual. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand the, the whole teammates thing, the brotherhood, and to listen to you talk about Habib, but another one of your brothers, uh, Cain Velasquez, is, is now in jail. He's going to court. Um, he's in the case for shooting someone while targeting another human or another individual who was accused of molesting, you know, one of his relatives. And when you think about someone like Cain doing what any father, doing what any, any family member would do in, I mean, just in protection, but now dealing with all the things that he's dealing with, how do you as a brother, how do you as a friend support him through this? I mean, I, I guess the, the best you can, uh, when someone's going through what he is. You know, there's a balance. And I think so many people, when we say free Cain and go support Cain Velasquez, it's like, we are not by any means saying that what Cain Velasquez did was right. It was not right. You can't, you can't do that. What we're saying is, look at the whole story, or at least the story that we have. But I can only support Cain in the way that I can, is being at every court appearance, talking to him on the phone when he calls me, trying to make sure that his mental is kind of staying together because, I, I mean, I can only imagine being in jail for that long. It's hard. Like, I was in jail when I was in college as a freshman for five days. Man, my mom's phone bill was like $1,000 because I called it so much collect, dog. And I was crying. I definitely cried. I was crying. Like, bro, I oh, cried. Lord, you've I been crying your whole life. You bro, I was crying my food. whole life. I got in a fight. I tried a lot of the cops. They were like, man, that is not true. Come to jail. <laughs> They put me in jail on Friday. They put me in jail on Friday. They said I couldn't. They said <laughs> that shit was crazy. Shift change. No. They said we can't. You can't see the judge until Monday. Yeah. But we can technically hold you for seventy-two hours once that Monday starts. Because on the weekend, it's uh, it, there's no judge. Man, I was in that crying. Then once I got my act together, I was at Kobe, Kansas. Though man, they got like four of us in there. I start doing. Everything I saw in every prison movie in my entire <laughs> life, dog. I started acting like I was on penitentiary. You see what I mean? I tried to bully everybody up in there. That was crazy. I learned to play spades in there. I learned to play spades in there. And then I ran into a guy that was a, a drug trafficker. 
was going from he was going from Kansas to Arizona for the World Series. But I started acting like out every prison movie I've ever seen in my entire life. I was in a little county jail. So I can only imagine. For five days I was in there. He was Shawshank Redemption. I was I was Shawshank Redemption. Was you digging? Man, I'm like, hey, hey, but let me tell you the most sobering thing in the world though was at night when they tell you to go in your cell and that 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 thing starts going bang, bang. It starts making this beeping sound and then that cage closes. Bam. I'm like, wow. I never want to be here again. Changed my life. But Kane has been doing that since March, February. It's like, so I know how hard it gets for him. So I try to be there and talk to him when he calls me, if I get to go see him on a visit. Just try to bring like sunlight to that man's life right now because so many people say that they would do exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. But he did. So I, mean, I think, I think anytime someone harms your child. Yeah, man, you protect him. And you, I pushed a little girl down one time. DC. I'm sorry, bro. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I was when I was fighting, I was just wired a little different. A little girl kept beating on Dan. At, at Bobby Cassandra House for an Easter party. She pushed him down. So I pushed her down. I was like, DC. you like that? <laughs> DC. No. DC. Did, you just say, did you just say, do you like that? Hey, you like that? <laughs> hey, listen to this. Hey, listen to this. That was a little boy at a park when I when Daniel was like four years old. We going up and down the slide, right? The little dude don't want to wait his turn. He keep pushing everybody. So I tell the dude, I go to the dude's father. I was like, hey, if your kid pushes my kid one more time, I said, I'm going to push your ass down. (laughs) He was like, what? I was like, man, get your kid under control. I was like, get your kid under control, man. I said, if he pushes him one more time, I'm going to push you down. Dude left. He grabbed his kid and left. I was like, Hell yeah, yeah you're gonna grab your yeah. kid and leave. You better leave. You can't, DC, here's the thing. You <laughs> can't do that, bro. Yeah, you can't. Bro, the first weekend, the first weekend we do the show, <laughs> he's talking about going through TSA, uh, and the dude walks around him like, well, clearly somebody doesn't know how to travel. Yeah, dude's tripping, man. I followed his ass. <laughs> you can't do that. I was mad. He was disrespectful, though. I don't like to get disrespected. That's the worst part about it, right? So, like, here's the problem. Here's the problem, friend. Listen, do you get disrespected in your life? I mean, I don't f- with nobody. Like, so, I so, mean, it happens. Yeah, it happens. So, so what do you feel when you get disrespected? People, I gotta figure out what's going on. It's a, it's, it hurt. Like, it's like it, it, it's, it's, it's a bro, funny it, feeling. It, it hits you in your heart. It, it really different. does. But it you gotta you process the situation, right? Yeah, like, I mean, all right, it's different types of disrespect. This dude so some disrespect. shit, you like, you gotta, you know, let the water go and stay under the bridge. Yeah, like, but not every go. time. Like, but this, like, it was like this dude, like, was different, man. I was like, wow, look at this in the smug airport? dude. Airport? He was smug, man. <laughs> dude was smug. He had a sweat on over his, his but uh, what can his he possibly shirt. do <laughs> in, in the airport? He had a sweat on over his shirt, so you know he thought he was too good for us. Yeah, I, I was like, you. this dude's tripping. Did you chase him? Oh, sweat his shirt. I just walked behind him. I was like, I was like, oh, I want him so bad. And then Bob was like, man, you can't go do this, dude. Bob was like. Come on, man. He was like, what you think you gonna do, man? I was like, all right, man. Damn. Why you ain't yanked the sweater to see I wanted to tight. pull it back his shirt. Like, <laughs> see what could happen to you? This ain't why. But then everybody start, everybody start talking to you in the airport. Hey, DC, DC. Like, ah. Hey, man, why yeah. everybody trying you lately, though? Is it because you're getting rounder? I think because like, I'm back. They, they Philip forget. Hawes tried you. Sugar Dude, Sean. Test Dude tested me in the octagon a couple weeks ago. Named Phil Hawes. Yeah. He was like, he was booting up on me. I was like, come on, man. He said, he said to me, I picked the wrong opponent. So I just said, man, just be respectful. I just want to be, just respect me, man. Don't, don't disrespect me. That's all I don't want. You disrespectful, you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very disrespectful. Yeah, you are. I like yeah, you. Yeah, I am. This next question going to be disrespectful. But... <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I'm so scared. <laughs> Is he going to jump on me? No, I won't. No, nah, he cool, man. Oh, okay, don't jump on. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna try Bro, to jump in between. Even y'all. when you was at your prime, when you was whooping ass, you wasn't you weren't in shape. Oh, I was in great shape. No, you weren't. You oh, were chubby. Oh, you're. I've never seen you in shape. Channing, Channing, listen. You're chubby. I am chubby. Now I'm chubby. Please don't jump on me. No, I'm not gonna jump on you, Channing. Okay, but listen. But bro, that, like, but that was the biggest criticism of you is like well, you problem. did not look like a well, champion when you were a champion. As the heavyweight, when you I was two or five, I was small. You were mushy. I was never, no, I'm mushy now. Back then I wasn't mushy. Bro, I show you some pictures. Your ass Let me see one. Well, you think when I was. When you were mushy? As a heavyweight champion, yes. When you were the champion. As heavyweight champion, I was a champion. You were still when mushy. When I fought Stipe, this, yes. I, I might have been a little mushy. <laughs> bro, but, this is, I, I, I got to give him that. But, I just make sure we're fine. But, listen, but bro, the one criticism about you is that how, did you work as hard as you all, all the time. But why were you still... Bro, I was going from 260 to 205. 
But you should have ate that much. I went. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> Thanksgiving 2019, I weighed two, no, 217. I weighed 258 the day after. That is, I don't know, eight weeks. January 19, 2018, I, I weighed in at 205 pounds. I got 60 pounds off in like, I don't know, seven, eight weeks. I work hard, man. But no, 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 So wait, so you tell me going, you've never seen a football player that's like fast, but he might not look like he's supposed to be fast? <laughs> yeah. That's that's what it is. It's called that was me. Them, them fat motherfuckers. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, that's that was me, fat motherfucker rolling. How are you doing it like but, that? But 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 if you if you would have taken it, if you would have taken it extremely Serious. I took it serious. <laughs> if I didn't take it serious, I would have never got there. You lost, you had to, why did you have to lose all that weight? Because, like, in the middle of it, I got to take vacation. I like my red beans and rice. I like gumbo. Like, I'm trying to live life. What you want me to do, but, Jen? But, but, Jen, but Jen, both, sides me, Jen, both sides of it. both sides of it. You want to live life, but you you are the, you are the, the best fighters the in the, the world. The thing is, though, Channing, you have a, you have, you don't do nothing. Right You now, don't train, you don't do shit. Now? Yeah. Oh, no. I drank wine. But look at your body. I look good. <laughs> he was fat like six months ago. But still, yeah, look at his body, though. Like, look, that's just his, that's his body. That's, that's his genes. Yeah. This is me. Like, yeah. I always look like this. Even in college, I wrestled 184. I'd look like this. It's just, it's just my body. You were never ripped. I was never couldn't. ripped. I've oh, never okay. had a six-pack in my entire life. I weighed 184 I know, pounds. I've seen it. I had two one time. It was like no, right up top. Man, you want to bet? That. No. <laughs> I said, that was ribbed. So this, this is, my last, this is my last question. When man. I saw Ryan Clark on the on the first take, show him the picture. I was small. You were small. And he had that like, Kadeek, too. He had a missing tooth. I had tooth. a missing tooth, yeah. yeah. It's just gone. No, it was gone. I got two, it knocked out. Oh, you got a tooth knocked out. Yeah, he got yeah, knocked out. He came on TV like that, too. This is my last weight question, bro. Hall of Fame speech. You tell the entire world oh. what everybody already knew, right? Mm -hmm. That you cheated. I didn't cheat, actually. DC, DC. I listened to you I talk. I would call it cheat, right? I listened to you talk What's about it? John Jones and all the things that he did that were wrong. You were 206. It had to be 205. Yes, but I had. Hey, listen, listen, listen. I didn't want to lose that weight. The doctor came in, so. I was so, I couldn't run no more. I had lost as much as I could. The doctor came in and he was like, Daniel, can you make the weight? I was like, yeah. He was like, only way we can stop it is if you're having medical problems. I was like, what kind of medical problems? I'm in a bathtub because they put you in a hot bath. 103 degrees, the, the, the water. And you just sweat and sweat and sweat. And doc goes, uh, you having any medical issues? I was like, <laughs> doc? <laughs> Like, I'm losing my sight. I was trying to get him more love. Take the belt. I was like, Doc? I was like, are you there? And he's like, he's like, shut your dumb ass up. The doctor was like, shut up. He was like, man, get out the bathtub. Let's go check your weight. I was like, he was like, man, get out the tub. He was like, let's go check your weight, man. And then I was 206.2. And, hey, listen, nobody was watching. But DC, you could see you pressed your weight. You on believe the towel. that? But to the message. DC, the, to the towel went this from here. This is what I've been telling for five years. To here. here. This is what I've been for five years. I tell you this. You kind of doubted it a little bit, right? Well, because I you respected because, you. Yes, because your eyes, they lie to you. Your eyes will lie to you. Your eyes will lie to you. Tell me this, Channing. You ever see some shit like, what the hell am I just saw? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, you ever do that? I saw, like, it, like, I saw it last night. Right? <laughs> like, what is that? What was that? Like, sometimes you're like, what did I just see? Man, I'm telling everybody. I'm like, man, who you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? Right. <laughs> Chan. So, so, Chan, so he gets up, right? So, so I think he got game. Oh, no. So what? <laughs> DC so what, got game. But then here's the other thing, though, Chan. When he makes the weight, after putting his hand on the towel, him and his homeboys go crazy. Because they let my strict coach up that hole of the towel. <laughs> Brad was a nightmare. It was the first time that New York had done, like, they hadn't really done many shows. So they weren't very experienced. But they put a whole bunch of different rules in place now to where that never happens anymore. But yeah, I got the ass. <laughs> <laughs> I press it too much. I press it too much. And when you press too hard, it takes off too much weight. So I went from 206 to 203. So I was like, uh-oh. So I started like picking my hand up to release some of the weight off. 
And then it went back to 205 exactly. And I was like, okay, leave it there. 205, yes. I jump off that bitch, grab the water, start drinking. Because if they try to put me back on there, I'm going to be heavy. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I got all that. Done. Then I was trying to give it up. Yeah. Hey, man, when you look back at it all, man, this is just my last question for you. And I ask you this. Uh, the night they announced it, uh, we were in Phoenix, and Glenn kept coming up to me. RC, stay in your seat. Stay in your seat. Yeah. He's like, okay, wait, next fight. Stay in your seat. Stay yeah. in your seat. Okay, next fight. And, uh, you know, the video starts to play. Um, they say you're going to be 2022 inductee, along with Habib Namorgamedov, one of your closest friends. I ask you, what is your message to... Guys like you, little yeah. brown, brown kids from from Lafayette, uh, that like you say, some may not have fathers. Some may be yep. in positions that aren't necessarily the best. I ask you, what was your message to you to tell them, hey, this is how that that we all have opportunities to get out if we go and put forth the work. What does Daniel Cormier's career say about that part of his life? You know, that's that's one of the things, right? And it, it sounds cliche. Like you work hard, you stay committed. That's the absolute truth. But I think what's more important is in the bad, you don't get lost in it. In the adversity, you try to like strive and propel yourself to different heights. Because when you're when you come from a situation like mine, where you don't have much, you're gonna get knocked back. And most times when you get knocked back, you start searching for the fast answer, right? You want to try to sell drugs. You want to try to steal. You want to try to do all those things that are going to not only not help, it's going to just push you further and further into the situation that you're in. So in the adversity, don't fall victim or don't feel like a victim. Try to get stronger through that adversity. And I think that is ultimately what allowed for me to be who I am today, from losing my dad to, to losing my daughter, to losing my team, college teammate, uh, my roommate in college, like all the things that I've had to deal with, the big losses in fighting, the loss in the Olympic Games, like all those things that I, I dealt with, I allowed it to boost me forward. So in the adversity, don't fall victim to your circumstance because you're going to get knocked down. When you're trying to change the narrative, you're going to get knocked down. It's not smooth for anyone. So yeah, work hard, be committed, stay true to yourself, but get better through adversity. I think that's important. And you're a tough guy, and I, I like to talk about nasty crap. Yeah. So are you sensual? In terms like, do you love? Do you do you love love? And like, are you sen a sensual guy? Because are you like, do you sexually <laughs> fight, or do you know how to smooth, smooth it out? Yeah, like. As, as a UFC yeah. fighter, like you used to grabbing big men, but now, but I now you got this woman with you, yeah, and yeah. now you got to do. I'm sensual. You put well, candles on and everything. Man, I soft candle. music. Well, I lick every. I lick, that, you know, I lick every. Bro, that's my problem. I lick every inch up. That's my problem. Is yeah. like I just love. I love being like tender, that's nice tender. and tender. Oh, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> so, nice and tender. Like yeah, kitchen. I ain't love the kitchen. <laughs> 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 you know what, Chad? Love the kitchen, Chad. Mm. Ain't nothing better, Chad. I say, toe the headline. Ain't nothing better, Chad. Toe the headline. Just a beautiful, like, a soft kiss. So you mean the world to you. So you can turn it on, turn it off. Oh, oh no, no, just a little bit. You know, once it gets started, you get a little That way caring. you got all them kids. That way we both got babies, <laughs> yeah. COVID babies. Young babies, yeah, because of that. What you gonna do? We we sit weird house. Kids old enough, go upstairs, they play the play game. Play the game, and then we're gonna slide in this bedroom. <laughs> Next thing you hear, turn off the light. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, bite him a little bit. I don't know. I always say that. Are no, you no, that's sensual bite. That's pleasure and pain. Stop! Pleasure and pain. That's pleasure and pain right there. A little bit, a little bit of both. DC, I appreciate you, man. What's next, brother? What's next? Uh DC and RC every Tuesday on ESPN. Well, you know sure. what I'm saying? Sure. DC and RC every Tuesday, ESPN, ESPN Plus, and we actually it's on ESPN two now too. So uh, then just more fights, man, more fights. Um, coach wrestling, I, I coach it wrestling. Mm. I got a wrestling academy. I got a gym in my my town that I live in. So you gonna see me? And also I got a, I got a TV show. They just started writing the show. It's called Warriors. Dope. So maybe I'll be in shape for you, Channing. You I got to I gotta lose some weight, because right now I'm like, dope boy. You ain't been in shape your whole life. Why you gonna get in shape now? <laughs> they paying me a lot of money. <laughs> hey, man, yeah. I, I appreciate you. I mean, always, 
you know, and I said it when we just got opportunity to do the show. Always was a huge fan. You're Louisiana boy. Uh, you represent us in the way that we love being represented. And I think because of you, not only are people from where we we're from looked at differently. I think people that look like us are looked at differently because you are in the world that is not littered with black and brown faces who achieve or mm -hmm. uh, who carry themselves in the way that you do, man. So I've been trying to get this done. I love my yeah, worlds collide. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I've been trying to get this done and no better time than the Hall of Fame. Y'all doing real good, man. I'm, I'm happy for y'all. I'm proud of y'all. Y'all killing it, man. It's, it's, been an, it's been an honor to watch. <laughs> what this <laughs> made out of. I have no idea what they did. The UFC likes to go big. We love to go big. Thank y'all, fellas. Yeah, I'll never get yeah. one by my whole head. Ooh, that's heavy. Yeah, yeah buddy. That's they got they got heavy. a cold little black jacket too, for real. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. Limitless, they got some cap in it. I thought they hear the witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling got me up. On the mission, got me up. No one me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless, they got some cap in it. I thought they hear the witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling got me up.